Ready to rise through the ranks of the online marketing hierarchy? Take some notes from the original Royals of Revenue, the Internet Traffic Kings. We're about to open up a treasure chest of knowledge from the best of the best. With your hosts, Kevin the Cook Father, DiVincenzi, the original Big Fabu, John Fondy, and the ultimate compliance conciliary, Attorney Bennett Kelly. In three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and once again, welcome to Internet Traffic Kings. I'm the big fat boo, John Fondy, and uh, we're we're in the studio here on the campus of UNLV, and you can see that, uh, well, things are kind of slowing down here a little bit in Las Vegas. Traffic is still good. People are coming. They, they've got money in their pocket, and they want to be here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that we've just got to kind of deal with, with what's taking place out there, and a lot of that's the purpose for doing this show, uh, Internet Traffic Kings. Um, has been on now. We're basically uh, coming up on our 16th episode that we've got now, which is great. And it seems like the episodes are getting better. You can support us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating. I plan to do the same thing as well at some particular point. And uh, you can also uh, go to our YouTube site, Internet Traffic Kings. Also go to our website, Internet Traffic Kings. And of course, you can also hear us on Spotify and a few other places out there that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Brasco and the boys take care of. on iHeartRadio. Radio. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that is true. And yeah. speaking of iHeartRadio, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the stage. <laughs> He's a heart of his own and a big one at that. He's our executive producer, Kevin DiVincenzi. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, I'm doing doing fine. Uh, Good. Interesting, interesting week. As I was saying here in yeah. Vegas, we we were just getting ready to move to phase three, and all of a sudden we jumped back to phase one, which was where we were at when Vegas first opened up. And uh, a lot of rules, a lot of restrictions, and uh, and they just had a assembly meeting uh, here in the state of Nevada, and they cut the budget by five hundred thousand dollars, and uh, with a billion dollar uh, budget. Uh, setback that we had in there. I think everybody is is sensibly now realizing that we just can't shut every single part of this country down because of right. the impact that it's going on. And and Kevin, you're kind of taking a beating being in California. You're you're one of your second homes as well. Are you seeing it out there as well? Yeah, you know, I went. I took the kids out for breakfast. Um, pretty close to where I live to a little cafe with, you know, all like a garden cafe. So all outside type dining. And this was a Saturday morning where normally would just be absolutely packed, you know? Uh, And it was us and a film producer there that goes there every day. And that was it. And this is at, you know, nine 30, 10 o'clock in the morning when it's prime time for breakfast. Uh, You know, and the owner had a smile on his face and I said, how long have you owned the place? He said, eight years. I said, are you using Postmates, DoorDash? Yes, I am. And just, just terrible to think that uh, that these businesses suffer the way they do, um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a while, you know. And it's everybody's taking the uh, the mask initiative, you know, very seriously. I mean, I was on the beach with the kids on Saturday too, and some lady came up and yelled at me for not having a mask, you know, while while I'm sitting there with my kids away from everybody else. I mean, I watch people with masks go into the ocean. I'm like, okay, I don't know what the hell these people are doing, but you know. It's- um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, now they've released that uh, the kids are getting a form of it. So, you know, that <clears throat> it's going to inhibit the school's reopening. So mm-hmm. who knows? It's, it's, so. I thought the summer would be a little bit of a reprieve and then we go in for a hard winter in regards to this thing coming back. Uh, but it seems like it's going to roll all the way through. 
you know, with that said, you look at uh, the stock market and the stock market's hitting all-time highs, which makes absolutely no sense, right? Apple's at an all-time high. Tesla's at an all-time high. Uh, Amazon, Bank of America, all these stocks are doing tremendous, which, you know, if, if all the businesses are closed and all the Apple stores aren't open, how are they conducting, you know, business besides online and how are they growing? Um, and it I seems don't know. Like, uh, and the, the Amazon stores are, or, or warehouses and stuff are just popping up all over the place. Now. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of people are taking, taking it seriously. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, but yeah, I think that the, keeping an eye on it here. And of course, you know, we're sort of weird things, weird things happen. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. You know, it seems like, like all, all kinds of crime is up now as well. And trying to adjust with that, with, with all the other things that are going on. Well, in, in, in desperate times, people now look for different ways to make money, different ways to invest. So that's where a lot of these scams can prey on people like that. They just don't have the knowledge They've always traditionally invested, you know, whether it's 401k, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you know, simple, straightforward investments. And now they see all this cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and the altcoins and everything. And, you know, it takes advantage of a lot of people. Well, speaking of taking advantage, you look like you've got a new outfit on. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I've, got, I've got that. And I've got, a, I've got, I just shipped you some too. I've got the hat too, which I'm going to wear next episode. Oh, good. I, I yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw the notes, so I'm looking forward to yeah, forward absolutely. To come. So okay, they Just, came out good. Yeah, they came out. They came out really nice, and the hats hats came out really nice as well. Well, good. We kind of caught caught every up on current <clears throat> affairs here a little bit. Yeah, for fashion, sure. Fashion trends and things of that nature. Yeah. But uh, would you mind, Kevin, if I put you on the hot seat again? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So those of you that have seems just, like, seems like it's going to be every show, huh? Yeah, it seems like we keep getting a lot of comments that come in. And I want to yeah. talk to you about some of the reviews also that have been coming in as well uh, as as part of the show. But uh, so so that shows that people are out there watching the show, and uh, and the statistics yeah. have been have been phenomenal. On the, yeah, they on sure the, have. Yeah. Seems sure. like seems like YouTube is, is going crazy. It's a great way to stay stay in touch with it and subscribe and be a part. Yeah, of it. the the Matt Frary episode did seventeen thousand views its first week. And that was, uh, it's great because we actually did his interview right before he uh, was acquired by a company called DMS, who then went public last week. So uh, that obviously got a lot of buzz. Well, yeah, he said that he was going to, he was going to give us some new news. I wondered if that's what it was. Yeah, Yeah, he got, he got acquired by DMS and then they went public themselves uh, last Thursday. And so, uh, so he's gone. We'll never see him again. Well, he's, he's actually in charge of 400 people now. So they, they switched his role up. So let's. Yeah, really. I saw him. that. Okay. I saw yeah. that as well. That was good to see. So, yeah. so anyway, well, let's get to the show then, Kevin. Appreciate catching up here a little bit here. Uh, Cedar City, Utah writes in. This comes from John. He says, first off, I love your show. Now, that's a good cool. way to start a question off. Yeah. Uh, the variety of guests is great. I learned so much from you guys. Now, here's my question. With all this pandemic craziness happening, um, do I need to adjust my marketing so I'm not being insensitive to the time that we're living in, i.e., I, I sell high-end watches. Hmm. Um, I mean, you, you need to adjust your marketing overall because th- there's still a market out there. There's still a market for high-end watches, high-end cars. I mean, there's still an economy that's working. There's still people making money. Um, with, with, with that said, I mean, I've got one of my personal cars, my Maserati, I put up for sale and got a ton of inquiries. So I think that... Uh, 
the market is still there. Um, as, as far as sensitivity, th that's that's not one that I would really worry about. I just think that the results are going to probably be less because there is a lesser of a, lesser of a market that are now buying those things. So there there is still a market for sure for luxury items, but I think it's a lot less than what it was in the past. <laughs> uh, I have a friend of mine, and she recently put her Rolls Royce up for sale, mm -hmm. and she put it on um, Craigslist. Oh, great! <laughs> and she got calls. She got calls oh, yeah. from it, you know, as well. Yeah, so okay, it, yeah. is, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of the time I was in Palm Springs and I saw Rolls Royce. Uh, Towing a U-Haul down Palm Canyon Boulevard. Did you really? Oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> so that was like, I need a hitch kit for this. That's, right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, okay, so now uh, we're going to take go all, all the way to the other side of. You know, uh, I'm just thinking about that, John. That could have been, you know, a wife telling the husband get out, and he says, "Well, I'm leaving, but I'm taking the rolls," and then grab the U-Haul and put it behind. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So anyway, uh, going now to the right side of the United States here, we're going to talk uh, about uh, the question that comes from Tracy from Tampa, Florida, and so okay. down in Brasco's uh, neck of the woods there. Yeah. So you, you mentioned in one of your episodes that you run paper call campaigns differently than, than post. Uh, can you explain that? Differently than post. Um, yeah, we oh, differently than most, I think she probably means. Oh, maybe yeah, she post. probably yeah. put a typo yeah. in. John, maybe put your glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we run it differently. So most people run call-only campaigns. So essentially, they, they run them just where a call comes in during certain hours. We generally run leads with a call option. So somebody can fill out a form or take a next step, but then they have the option to call. And what we found is we get a lot more volume that way. And our costs are down quite significantly. So <clears throat> like one of our clients happens to be a uh, tax advice client for um, anything to do with tax problems with the IRS. So we've got that form where they can fill out what their, what their challenge is or what have you. But at the same time, they can call. And we're getting five to one calls to form fills, even though it is a lead campaign that we're running. So that, that's our little trick of how we can get a lot more volume um, off, off the call campaigns and not just compete just strictly for calls, but we're still getting the calls. Did you, did you plan that or did you just kind no, of... No, it's organic? just what, what's organically happened. So we've done it now successfully with over a dozen clients mm -hmm. where, where we've, we've moved it that way. So it, it's, it's working. So instead of uh, running call only, we do it that way and it works. Well, great. Well, I appreciate that. And if you yep. guys uh, want to send in some more questions and stuff, uh, um, I'll go ahead and keep putting Kevin on the hot spot as long as he's willing to answer for it. questions. And, Anytime. And so that's uh, what I'm here for. Kevin, I've noticed uh, in in a lot of my research and reading and stuff like that, there, there's just there's a ton of fraud and a ton of hacking going on and things like that. In fact, if I read correctly, I think even Twitter got themselves in, in some trouble as well. Yeah, John, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, there was a big YouTube scam going on where they were taking over Joe Rogan and some other celebrities' accounts, and they were saying, you know, where that, that was when Bitcoin was having. So basically, Bitcoin was going through an adjustment where they felt Bitcoin was going to go up. So they used the general news of Bitcoin having uh, or halving um, to say, hey, we're going to double everybody's Bitcoins. So just send in your Bitcoin here and we'll double it. You know, total scam. And that ran, I was tracking some of them. They were doing a YouTube Live and they were running 24, 36 hours at a time with seven to 8,000 people watching this thing. Just absolutely insane. 
So we reported on it a few weeks ago. This past week, they ended up hacking Twitter, potentially the same group, and they got Warren Buffett's account, Elon Musk's account, Joe Biden's account, and they and they even got customer service at Twitter's accounts. So they were able to control the whole thing, uh, and they tweeted out the exact same thing. You know, hi, I Warren Buffett am doubling your bitcoins. Go ahead and send me and. I, I could only imagine how much money these guys would take in on an operation like that. I would tell you it is in the millions, if not tens of millions. Mm -hmm. um, because again, people don't know. They see a trusted name and they, uh, they, they, uh, they act. So I would definitely be really careful because there's a lot of it going on, especially the way the economy is right now. You know, Is there any way of tracking all that? Totally untrackable because they, um, the one guy they think it is, he's called like the, the SIM swapper. So, you know, in Europe, you can swap SIM cards in your phone. So I guess he's got a way of swapping them. And then Bitcoin is 100% untraceable. Not saying they're not going to catch this guy, but it's it's a pretty elaborate scheme. Not making as much money as he won in the net. The internet traffic kings are by far your best bet. 24 years at the top of the game. Spotify and iTunes, look for them by name. New episodes every Thursday. The internet traffic kings. Of course, we have guests uh, that uh, come on our show from from all walks of life and all parts of this uh, vast internet that we're doing right now. And of course, Kevin DiVincenzi has done a great job as our executive producer, finding those guests and finding uh, different topics and topics that are definitely uh, topical as well. And so this is no, no difference that we have here. So uh, he knows a thing or two about AI. And we're gonna talk to him about it a little bit. Please welcome Garrett Breitfuss. Garrett, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And so as we kind of get into this here, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry and are you seeing some evolving taking place as well? I've been in the paper call industry for quite some time and dealing with call centers and uh, organic traffic and search traffic and the use of being able to really refine that engagement and, and being able to target specific um demographics on on what we're doing and placing this technology in front of is really where we try to look and unveil the curtain of artificial intelligence and um, trying to really streamline the process of simplifying what we do as humans on the phone and allowing technology to take over. So in, in our in our efforts to really try to mainstream artificial intelligence into our day-to-day -day lives and marketing has really been our mission as we've uh, moved into the space. And your end goal, Garrett, is really to get a better quality lead for the consumer, for the advertiser, in a sense, correct? You're, you're Definitely. Looking to get, yeah. And, and really help with steps and compliance. I mean, nowadays mm -hmm. with so many different types of traffic and types of engagement that people are utilizing from social media all the way down to own and operated sites and call centers, um, there needs to be a clear distinction of the path from start to finish on what's happening with these consumers. Right. And, well, and I would uh, think... Go ahead. I was going to say, I would think that the the uh, for the consumer, it's going to be a lot more uh, of a better experience because I don't know about you, but you know, you get a call from from one one center versus another, and and they don't understand the pitch or what have you, and this will be very static, right? Once you have your proven pitch, it comes off. I mean, I've I've listened to a lot of you know the AI technologies. It's a very fluid conversation. So if somebody's yes. not interested, they're not interested. But it 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 it's not. You're not worried about an accent. You're not worried about somebody forgetting lines in the script. You're not worried about all the chitter chatter of, oh, hi, hi, Garrett, this is Kevin. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? I am, you know, it, it's, it, to me, it's much more efficient. It just gets right to it. 
you know, are you interested in refinancing your mortgage? Yes or no? Yes. Next question. Next question. It just flows, right? And you make you make a great point on that, Kevin, because <clears throat> with conversational intelligence is what I like to call it. Actually, CI is right. the term we've phrased over here at, at AI Fi. And it's really because we specifically look at the conversations that we're having and the engagement that starts there. And when you've taken all the effort to own a website and get engagement going to that site, you want the consumer to go through the best experience. That right. is the biggest challenge with all these brands. And to help yeah. us automate that process and streamline that experience, conversational intelligence is the catalyst to that now. Much yeah. like you guys have seen with other drip systems in yeah. forms of text messaging, we can now take that type of integrity and put it on a conversation with a consumer. Yeah. So, so not only are we able to get to the consumer quicker, but again, we can relate the message that the brand is trying to get to the consumer pitch perfect every single time. Right. Uh, and, and that's because like you mentioned, you know, they don't have the baggage of, you know, having to learn a new script or having issues coming from home or having anything else that just comes into the work environment um, for us to be able to make sure that that consumer is treated the way that they need to be. You know, initially right. they're showing interest in getting a health insurance quote or auto insurance right. quote. And, and we need to take care of that consumer the same way that Allstate would want to take care of them. Right. And and that that's really where we love, you know, how conversational intelligence can bridge that gap. Sure. And John, I don't know if you've listened to any or been pitched with any AI, but it's pretty realistic. I mean, it, it's to, to be able to discern, obviously, a, a trained ear can discern it pretty, pretty easily. But for a common consumer, they think they're having a conversation. And that's a good point, too, because what, what's funny, artificial intelligence for you, which is our company, AI-Fi, the whole brand started in a concept of replacing humans in the drive-thru. Um, have you guys ever gone through McDonald's? And I don't know about you, yeah. I'm a picky eater. I eat yeah. everything plain. I don't want yeah. lettuce or tomatoes. So, right. so when I order that and I get my, you know, my, my bag of food and I drive home and I open my bag and my order is incorrect, it's one of the most frustrating things that we go through. And a lot of times that's the human error element behind sure. it. So artificial intelligence for you, AI-Fi. Uh, we sought out to actually create the drive-through process being a fully automated, uh, for lack of a better term, robot taking your order. Right. And uh, we've been doing this on the, on the, on, on the southeast side of, uh, of America, and we've been able to have tremendous success with that. And, That's great. And looking, looking at um, that type of application and, and seeing how, how it can you know, even be introduced into that type of market really, really opened our eyes to saying, well, how can we change the experience of marketing? And, um, and you've seen it with companies like Walgreens, as far as filling your prescriptions, you've seen yeah. it with a lot of these different companies that have really honed in the power of conversational intelligence on helping automate their infrastructure. Well, I think that uh, we knew that this was going to be coming around and uh, artificial intelligence was going to be, in some cases, you know, replacing the human there. But that's a lot of our own fault, too, as well. That kind of, you know, uh, the necessity of creating a, a, a well, better mousetrap, if you it's will. It's efficiency, John, right? It all comes down to efficiency. I mean, yeah. even, not even AI, but even, you know, not that I frequent McDonald's a lot, um, <laughs> but the... Uh, the self-service, you know, the self-service kiosk that they put up, which, you know, you could do your own order and then sit at the table or whatever, and they'll bring you the food. I mean, a lot more efficient. And, and to your to your point, Garrett, you know, no mistakes, right? Everything is there. It's printed out. It, it, it's simple. 
Um, on the flip side, they said those things were dirtier than a toilet <laughs> as far as all the hands. <laughs> yeah, during nowadays, uh, it's better probably to speak to that machine than it is to talk right, to it exactly, yeah. issues. So yeah, I'm sure. glad to see that. I mean, McDonald's may be reevaluating that piece of their infrastructure. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. but w- one other thing to note is, mm-hmm. um, you know, not only the power of the consistency of it, um, but but the ability to just have things quick, you know, and a lot of people don't want to go through the information of or, or, or the, the adjustment of building a rapport and having to go through all these different right. steps to be able to finally get the result that they need. So, you know, with, right. with the with the with the whole world and kind of where we're at. Um, and to kind of take a step back, really, the replacing humans, I said that kind of loosely. We, we over here don't like the term replacing humans. We're trying to actually enhance the job market. Um, a lot of people find themselves pigeonholed into something that can't take care of families because they're not pushing themselves to get a better job. And those other jobs in our economy don't exist because of that you know, those, right. those, those lower jobs. And when, when you're in America with everything just increasing in the cost of living, if AI can replace those jobs, it's going to allow those people to get into a different career path and hopefully right. sit there and, and, and find something that's going to take care of them and their right. families as well. So, so we're not trying to eliminate humans in the workforce. We're trying to challenge other people that own businesses to automate certain pieces and allow for real growth in their company. I mean, how long is somebody going to sit there and be at a drive-through for the rest of their lives? Right, so, right. It's, or, it's, or even <clears throat> even the call centers, you know, to take the guy that's doing the fronting, you know, the the initial questions on say a life insurance quote and turning him into right. getting his licensing and being a life insurance broker, uh, where then he'd actually receive the benefit of getting those those uh, vetted calls coming in. So exactly, put your time and be. effort into real training, real sales, yep. all of that. Because at right. the end of the day, one thing we do know about conversational intelligence. We can't really build a massive relationship with organic feelings and emotion. You know, AI is not quite there yet. So we're not going to be able to sell many products. It's definitely, you know, going to give a chance for people that we call fronters in our industry to be able to go and be a sales guy and go close some deals and make commissions and take your family on vacation. <laughs> Speaking of AI, did uh, everybody see the, the, the robot, the first robot that got citizenship in uh, Dubai about a year ago? No, I'm going to link you to it. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty, uh, her name is Sophie. It's pretty freaking nuts. I mean, looks like a human, talks like a human, and she's actually, they granted her citizenship. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. That's pretty the, crazy. They, they've yeah. done a lot of really forward thinking in their Yeah, absolutely. Over there. It's, it's really amazing to see, yeah. you know, and a lot of these are young kids and teens that are really getting into it too. So it's going right. to be interesting over the next decade to see where this goes. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So, so where do you go next? What's your sorry, John? Did I cut you off again? Yeah, you next did. Next time I'll, I use the ball, the ball and the gag. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> where, where do you see your company going? What's next? Giving everybody the access to it. So AI Fi yes. right now, um, you know, to to strip out this specific conversational intelligence that we're talking about. Um, our company's name is IQ, and and IQ really sees itself in our industry being able to create access to everybody. Um, on this type of technology. Uh, right now, IQ is partnered with Dynamic, um, mm-hmm. and Dynamic is, uh, for lack of a better term, a paper called Network that uses okay. our artificial intelligence uh, to be able to, to recognize the traffic source, whether it's mm-hmm. social media or whether it's a call center, and it has a custom script attached to that 
And it allows us to further refine uh, the fact that they qualify and go over right. specific criteria and to also um, read out and express consent, which is a big piece of, of, of allowing compliance into, into our space. Right. Um, and, and with doing that, we're able to then you know, create opportunity that we call Project Hub, which is a marketplace to buy and sell phone calls. And, um, and, and that's where IQ is partnered up with Dynamic. And, and with, that, with that first applicational use, we're starting to see that, you know, the whole industry can really use it. So there's some, some yep. really exciting partnerships that we're talking about right now and, mm-hmm. and companies that we're going to, we're going to partner with here in the near future and, and hopefully give access to, you know, many companies out there that are in the paper call space. That's great. Oh, that's great. Uh, we really want to thank you so much for coming on. Can you stick around a little bit to do uh do a little one pass round table here after we get, uh, uh, yeah, of course. Okay, great. I appreciate it. Good answers. Thanks a lot for letting us uh, have you on the show. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a great show so far, and it's going to get even better. Of course, we're going to take the big dog, take him off the porch, run him around the block a few times and get some great information. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome to our stage one more time. He's the big dog. He's Bennett Kelly. Welcome, Bennett. Hey, welcome. Um, I thought I'd show off. I did some personalized um, mask, and uh, since you call me the big dog, here's my little dog, and uh, Uh, that's that's my mask. Anyway. Big news. I'm sorry. Did you use crayons? (laughs) Um, The big news, of course, now it's it's tied up in my um, headset. But the big news um, this last week was the Twitter hack. Yeah, we talked about it already. um, It's um, it's you know there's a lot of disturbing elements to it, but it's going to lead to a lot of fallout. Um, One of which is the FTC had already investigated Twitter and um, cited them for um, their lack of security on their admin side, and that's where the Twitter hack came from. But now, Bennett, to be fair, this is the same hack, not hack, but the same scam that happened on YouTube. I think we covered it four weeks ago where they took over Joe Rogan's account and a bunch of other people and did the exact same thing. Right, but I mean, I don't know if YouTube had a prior FTC investigation on that exact thing. And the other thing was... um, Jack Dorsey had a conversation with um, Senator Wyden, an influential senator um, who's very active on privacy issues. And he asked him, how come you don't have end-to-end encryption? And he said, we're going to do that. That was two years ago. Obviously, they haven't done it. Um, There's also an interesting lesson from this, and that is they believe that it was an inside job and that someone was paid for, took money to allow someone to get in through the back door. And that uh, um, there's one security expert who notes that there's an increase in such instances during economic downturns. Yeah, that's what we were covering. And what, what was very unique about this situation, Bennett, was they also took over customer service, right? They were able to infiltrate 46 customer service accounts. So if you got hacked, now you're talking to customer service, you're talking to the you're talking <laughs> to them, group. yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty pretty nuts. Um, so there's also yeah. concern about what this could mean. Um, whether this is was just a, a scammer attack. You know, someone tried. Obviously, it was. A, it says you know they made uh, over hundred thousand dollars on Bitcoin um, from it, or whether this was just a mm-hmm. test run for some possible uh, misinformation campaign going up to the election. And that's what that's what some people are really concerned about, that this could be really used to screw things up, um, either with the election or even worse. I mean, imagine if a, a 
tweet went out from a leader um, threatening war against another leader. Um, and yeah, uh, so that's people, crazy. So, the, the time yeah, so people are right? worried about what you know, was this just an isolated incident, or whether is this a test run for something bigger? And by the way, nice shirt. Um, <laughs> there's one on the way to you. Don't worry. Thank you. So um, that's where that's the kind of the lowdown on that. And of course, you know, they're going to be on Capitol Hill uh, trying to explain. explain yeah, how I'm, this I'm wondering. Happened. I'm wondering where they got the the hundred thousand dollars from because I know the uh, the YouTube uh, scam that was running um, that we reported a few weeks ago they had generated over a hundred thousand dollars off two accounts so because there is an exchange and if you know people you can find out how much went through that that wallet right um, so I think I'm, that's what it was. it was the they they calculated the number of accounts um, that the number of people who responded yeah. And uh, and through that they were able to figure out how much was paid, and uh, so interesting. Yeah, so yeah. They, it, they they know who the guy is, right? He's like they call the sim swapper or something. He's some. They say approximately one hundred twenty thousand from three hundred and fifty eight transactions. Yeah, that's not much. The the YouTube had more, but YouTube yeah. ran for YouTube ran for a while. I mean, one, one live stream I was watching was thirty six hours. It was going. Well, and also yeah. sometimes these scams are used as covers for a deeper scam. So the mm -hmm. the Petya and the not Petya, um, you know, attacks, um, particularly the not Petya attack um, that was a couple of years ago. It was on. It ran as a, a Bitcoin type scam, mm -hmm. uh, a ransomware scam. But actually, you, you couldn't pay it. It was designed to look like ransomware when it was really just a, a cyber attack on, on Ukraine that spread throughout the world. What's really interesting, and it's on a side note that I've seen in our industry even, is um, I've had my own personal Skype account hacked. And this was yes. a Skype account that had 10 years worth of you know contacts and communications. And mm -hmm. Skype's a pretty personal you know uh, bit of information when you go back and mm -hmm. forth on business stuff. And these guys have access to bank accounts and information. And the funny thing is, is they're always fishing with tactics behind Bitcoin. And, and they're always sitting there talking about Bitcoin transactions. And I'm looking at that on such a smaller scope and thinking, did it become so sophisticated that now they feel that as they can overcome something like Skype, that's a Microsoft product, can they get deeper into something <laughs> like social media and Twitter? Because it's very sophisticated. And, and even with me complaining to Microsoft and doing our own investigation, I've also seen Adam stay at DMS go through the same thing and launch an yeah, investigation. We, we, I, got, I, got, I got hit as well. It's um, very, it's very interesting yeah. to kind of see yeah. how all of a sudden now it, it's it maybe a political move or maybe just no, I mean, that, yeah, we, it's, it's, for, it's, for it's myself crazy. and for a few others on, on Skype that got hit, we all, we know who it is. Um, and, and the guy wasn't very smart in a sense that he hit up all my contacts, but a lot of them were people that, that I didn't talk to for years. So the good news was I got to reconnect with a bunch of people, right? <laughs> um, but it was all the same pitch over and over again, right? It was like, oh, it's Kevin. Hey, can you do me a favor? I've got this wire coming in for 10,000. Can you send me 4,000? And, you know, I've been in the space over 20 years, Garrett. You know, people would hit me. I think actually, Bennett, you got one of the, the, the Skypes as well from that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So everybody reached out to me on my cell phone or a different method or email and said, hey, Kevin, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's some, uh, you know, somebody just took over the account and uh, we, we contacted Microsoft and we had it resolved. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's a nuisance if anything, you know, but uh, I turned it into a positive. Like I said, I spoke to people I didn't speak to for, uh, you know, 10 years or so. So What's interesting about this though, is you have the, the high tech element, but it's also right. very low tech of just, you know, the weakest, using the biggest weakness in cybersecurity is in technology is the people. Yes. And if you have, you know, you can have the best technology in the world, but if someone's opening the back door, right. that's a problem. And, you know, the whole Sony hack, that was just someone clicking on a link they shouldn't have. And, um, you know, that stuff you train for, but, you know, here, that, that opened the door, they got the passwords and, you know, straight away in. Right. Well, awesome. Uh, that's, uh, you know, certainly some topical information that we're talking about here as well. So. My gosh. Now I'm going to have to ask Bennett. What's can that? something be a topical topic? <laughs> oh, so anyway, uh, but we want to stick at, top, at the top of the hour. Yeah. Yes, at the top of the hour. There you In go. the tropics uh, as well. So um, so anyway, um, what we like to do is kind of close this uh, with this, the, the show out with a little bit of information. It doesn't necessarily have to be related to what you do for a living, but just related as a, as a piece of life. And uh, so, Garrett, uh, tell us a couple of things that, uh, that we, we should know and a couple of things that we need to know. A couple of things you should know, um, you know, is is uh, in uh, in general speaking, and not to be on yeah, today's can, topical yeah. topic. Really, I think you know during these times, as crazy as it is, I'm a father of five boys in in multiple stages of their lives. Some in high school, junior high, and then I just celebrated. Uh, my three and two year old's birthday this weekend. And, and it's, I think during these times, you know, being able to, um, you know, stave off these, these other influences and opinions and really stick to the basics, I think has been, um, something I've just really been trying to, you know, focus on with me and my family, you know, whether it's the, the, the dinners at the tables together or whether it's, you know, no phones and no electronics in the whole house for two hours, it's, it's kind of sticking back to the basics and the fundamentals of getting away from the noise and just trying to um, to stay positive. You know, I know uh, we're lucky enough to, to be able to continue in, in doing what we're passionate about and still work day to day. And not everybody's in that same chance or in that same situation, you know. So um, I think that's the biggest thing, if anything, that, you know, I would like to put out there right now, you know, with, with as much noise that's going on, you know, find a way to try to block that out sometimes and just get back to the basics. And that's that's really good information, and uh, wish uh, wish you and the family all the best too. And wanted to thank you for being on the show here as well, Bennett, uh, the big dog as well. Um, tell us something that uh, that we we should know, and something that we absolutely need to know. Um, you should know that the ADA, the Americans with Disability Act, can apply to websites, and we can go into that in more detail later. But um, there's a, a great headline. Apparently, JC is being cited for his websites not being ADA compliant, which relates to whether um, images are accessible and the website is navigable for people who are visually impaired. And the headline was 99 problems and ADA is one of them. Um, and uh, uh, playing on one of his songs, um, 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. But um, what you also might want to know is now that the California privacy law has gone into effect, the state attorney general has started sending out warning letters to companies 
um, that they are not in compliance. And uh, we haven't heard who has received them, um, but so luckily um, none of my clients have. And um, Kevin, unless you have any news, but um, <laughs> hey, hold on, but hold on. <laughs> I haven't gone through today's mail yet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's 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 where we're at on that. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Hey, and Clickfather, uh, yeah. something that uh, we listen should- with. John, we're going to be here for a while. As you know, you said uh, pre-show, you know, Vegas is back to phase one. California is, you know, in disarray. Um, but people are still making money out there. So there, there's still opportunity. You know, I mentioned the stock market's still going up. So somehow some of these companies are still making money. And as Garrett mentioned, there, there's great opportunity. The, the, the big thing is don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the media. Don't get fed in with all the negativity out there. Just do the best you can. Do the best in your home life. If you've you know, you're quarantined in a sense, then set your boundaries, have your boundaries that, you know, you have no phones for two hours a day or no phones at the, the, the dinner table, have the, the, the time to spend with your family and embrace it. You know, that, that's how I look at this time. I mean, yes, it, there's a lot of inconveniences and a lot of things, you know, suck, but at the same time, I've got more quality time with my kids and I've got, you know, <clears throat> a lot of other opportunities that, that open up. So that's a great way to take way it. To look at it. Yeah, it. for sure. Um, I want to remind everybody that uh, this is a non-ad supported show, which means uh, we don't uh, get any revenue out of that. But uh, you can support us by going to uh, Internet Traffic Kings or give us a five-star rating um, on Apple Podcasts. That would help us out. And and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and, and pass this uh, note on to your friends and just help build our audience as we kind of go through this. And I guarantee you, uh, our executive producer, the Click Father, will keep bringing dynamic uh, guests on with great topical topics. I will keep bringing topical topics. I <laughs> promise. You have to do, man. You have to do. And Bennett, of course, is going to keep giving us, um, you know, his five stars and the dog bowl as well when he comes on, and uh, and uh, we'll have great information. So again, I want to thank uh, thank thank our guest Garrett Brightfist for being with us today, and all you people yeah, that are thanks, watching. Garrett. Um, thank, thank you guys so much. I'd love to come back and talk compliance another time on how conversational intelligence. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking, well. yeah, That'd maybe awesome. have, if Bennett's open for it, we'll do a uh, compliance roundtable in one of the uh, one of the uh, upcoming episodes. That'd yeah, I'd love it. I'd love yeah. it. That's great. That'll be topical. Yeah, so, that uh, would be topical. Yeah, I agree. Fun. And so anyway, we're broadcasting from uh, the campus of UNLV here in beautiful Las Vegas. Things a little slow, as you can see behind me. But one thing that's not going to be slow is the next episodes that are coming up. Um, and and uh, we'll have some great information for you. So uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of uh, Internet Traffic Kings. I'm the big Fabu, John Fondy. We'll see you next time. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.